Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Hey, good afternoon. It's Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters. And today joining me on the show is uh, the person who came out on top in Ward 3, none other than Stu Weigel. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Sean. All right, so kind of take me through, I guess, the process. What was it like running? Have you run for council before? No, this is my first time. Uh, honestly, it uh, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, um, and I always uh, thought, you know, running a business and stuff like that, it would be just kind of I could do more um, for the city running a business than being part of council. But um, I, as some some people brought it to my attention that it might be a good idea to run. And I like to be involved in the community as much as possible. And so I just started kind of researching kind of what it was about, what they do, um, and then just some of the issues because I live out in Sapri now, which is a new area for me. I've been out there for about 10 months. And um, and then the Draper area, which I've known about, but obviously haven't divulged in too much. And uh, as the more I, I heard and, and saw some of the issues in there, I just felt like I uh, I had, had the skill set to, that I could help. And so I wanted to jump in and do that. And uh, unlike, I guess, say, like Ward 1, where there was 24 people running, uh, in Ward 3, there was only one other person running. So what was that like? Um, well, you definitely know who your competition is, which is great. Um, and it was, it, it, it was an honor. Um, you know, Sheila Lalonde was the incumbent uh, counselor there. And she ran a very well-run, uh, clean race, which I, I have to say I super appreciate um, you know, she's a very honorable person. She was great for the community. And so I just, I knew I had my, uh, my work set out for me to be able to just put over the people and just show them something that uh, might be different or just, uh, what I could bring to the table because I know Sheila did a great job. And then did you have expectations like kind of going in? You're like, okay, I'm going to run. Uh, did you think you would win or what was, uh, kind of the expectation going in? <laughs> well, I don't think you ever jump in hoping to lose. Um, but, uh, like any competition, whether I train for sports or for this, you never you never want to assume anything. So uh, we got in and we just realized there was work to be done. And so, you know, between door knocking and, you know, getting signs up and just really hearing the people, um, I honestly didn't realize how passionate everybody was about the areas of, that they lived. And so um, that took up a lot of time, but it was very fortunate that, um, I had the opportunity of talking to so many passionate people and actually hearing their hearts for the area. It actually made me feel very privileged in where I live right now. Uh, you kind of mentioned your sign there. I was always curious about this. What goes into making an election sign? Is it like all free-for-all? <laughs> like, do you get to pick color scheme and like the words or is there rules or? Yeah, there's basically as long as it doesn't look like a ballot, I think anything else goes. Um, you know, it's, it can't, uh, you can't have multiple names and yours checked off, but you can't have a check mark. Uh, yeah, you get, uh, you get a free, uh, what do they call it, artistic uh, 
creative uh, um, open palette to be able to do whatever you want. Um, on mine, I wanted to make sure that my family and my wife were depicted there as, you know, one of the, our highest values as family. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody knew that that was part of who I am. And, and what we were going forward is that if you elected me, you elected the family, not just, uh, not just myself. Ah, very fun. Yeah, I was always so curious about the signs because I see some color schemes. I'm like, like I, I thought maybe like if you were the first to sign up, you're like dibs on orange and blue. Like you, that's hands off, <laughs> but apparently not. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, how did you spend your election night? Uh, or did you kind of gather anywhere? Was it just friends and family? Family? Um, how did that kind of go down? No, we were down at Earl's. Um, and so we, we were down there with, uh, Sandy Bowman and just waiting for the election results to be in. My, uh, my, my wife and, and my kids came down and, and some close friends and we just, we just hung out. Uh, you know, it, uh, yeah, we didn't get the full results till about quarter to 12. And so we just kind of hung out down there until the results came in, watched the Flames game, uh, going to overtime with Anaheim and, and away we went. Yeah. Um, what kind of emotions were kind of going through you through the night, whether it was the first results, the delay for two hours, and then the final results? What was kind of going through your, your head? Yeah, obviously nerves. Uh, there was, uh, it was a lot of time at zero, and so just kind of <laughs> wondering when it was coming through. It felt kind of surreal. Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, you're just kind of waiting, and you, you don't hear a lot before then, and so you, you kind of have an idea of where you're at, but you don't know until the numbers come in. And so uh, when the numbers came through, uh, it was looking pretty good from the start. And so I was appreciative of that. As a, I, I don't think I was sitting on pins and needles for the rest of the night. But I do have to, uh, again, very honored by Sheila along uh, when the results came in. Uh, she was the very first phone call uh, just to congratulate me and to, um, and to wish me luck and just gave me some pointers. And so um, very privileged, again, uh, in, the, in our running mate. Once again, it's Stu Weigel joining us on Fort McMurray Matters today. Thank you so much, Stu, for joining us. have a couple more questions that I want to ask you, so just hold on there. We're going to be right back taking our first break. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back with Fort McMurray Matters. Hey, it's Sean Kreitz here. I am joined with Ward 3, Stu Weigel. We're getting to know your counselors. Do you have any thoughts right now, just now that it's been a couple of days, of what uh, the new council is all about? <laughs> Fresh faces and a new look. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be the pros and cons of any new new team. Obviously, the actual, um, I guess, uh, procedures part is going to be a little bit slow coming. So I don't think that we're going to be making a lot of big changes early as there's a bit of a learning curve on how it's done and what needs to get done. But I know there's a lot of people on council that are very passionate about the city. And so I think that we are going to see a lot of movement in the right direction. Um, and we do, you know, we've got uh, Lance Boussier, who's been on council before, and we've got good old uh, Keith McGrath, who's been there forever and uh, is not a shy person. And so he'll be able to uh, move us forward in, in a lot of those policies and procedures. And as well as obviously with Sandy Bowman at the helm, I think that uh, we're in good hands of, making change and uh, getting ready for, for what's next. Is there anything in, in particular that you are looking forward to now that you're, uh, well, I guess not officially, but soon to be official 
on council? Is there anything that like is top of mind? You're like, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this. Um, honestly, I think the biggest thing that I learned uh, through this is that there's a big divide in relationships, whether it be at the city, um, down in Sapri and Draper, um, or all across. I think there's a lot of frustrations. And so I think it's about not necessarily engaging everybody, but just bringing everybody to the table and making sure they have a voice. I think there's a lot of um, individual ideas that, they, that a lot of people feel um, other people are against them. And it, the ideas actually don't see it sound so different when you sit down and talk to people. Um, I think we just need to get at the table and, and reevaluate the relationships and bring people together. You kind of mentioned that Sheila uh, offered a little pointers or anything. Have you reached out to whether it be Sheila or maybe some other people on past councils or just anyone in general about any advice moving forward first time through here? Yeah, I've been in contact actually with quite a few people kind of throughout the whole process. Um, I do have uh, some friends in Calgary who have been uh, parts of council as well as met um, some, uh, some people in, in council and politics. Uh, in some meetings here up in uh, Fort McMurray when the ministers came up. And, and then obviously we've got a couple of people that were on council um, that, uh, that I know up here as well. And there's lots of great wisdom going through. I know um, Sheldon Germain had reached out immediately and said, hey, you know, uh, if you need any help, uh, please don't, don't hesitate to ask. And so, you know, he's one of the councilmen that's been on our council that I have a lot of respect for. I think he's done a lot of good and, again, loves the city. And so just, you know, the resources are endless, and I am so appreciative of that. You mentioned, uh, like, staying um, connected with the communities and kind of bonding them together so they don't feel so far apart. Uh, what else is important to you moving forward? Um, I think just re-looking at some of the promises uh, that were made by the city throughout the years. I know that as council changes, um, some of the promises just kind of get left by the wayside. Uh, I think we need to go all the way back to the amalgamation and just kind of really look at what was promised during that time and, and fulfill it, whether it be Safri Draper, Fort Mackay, Fort Chip. Um, I think there was an expectation as we all came together. And I don't know, again, I don't know enough about it. I've, I've started really researching it and going through, but there are definitely gaps in what was promised and what was actually delivered. And, and so I think we need to go back and, and make sure that uh, each area is aligned with each other. We are the RMWB for a reason and not just Fort McMurray. And so we want to make sure that each and every area of our, 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 our municipality stays great in its own sense, but it's also part of the collective. I'm kind of asking this question uh, to everyone to try and get to the bottom of it, Stu, here. Uh, do you think the Sny's a river or not? <laughs> You know, I, I, the Sny is part of the Clearwater River, but in and itself, I don't believe the Sny to be in and itself a river. Um, I think it's a, you know, uh, I just don't think it has the flow to go through there. And so um, it does uh, It does eventually get into the Athabasca River, but the Sny itself, I would say, is not a river. All right. Okay. I'm just going to write that one down. Stu, not a river. Okay. Um, <laughs> Stu, I guess the rest of <laughs> the rest of the floor is yours here. Uh, whether you want to expand on what you're all about, what the um, Ward Three is going to get from you, and just council in general, uh, anything that we haven't mentioned here, uh, what do you want the people to know? Um, well, I think at first I just want to thank my wife uh, Dana for standing behind me and uh, just believing in me and uh, giving me the space to be able to do this uh, as a family. It never takes one; it takes everyone. And so her and the kids have been uh, crazy behind me, helping me with everything that I do. And so I appreciate that. All the staff and 
at Earl's have, have helped me and given me support and space to be able to do this. And then uh, I just thank this community. You know, it's I've been here for 17 years, and I, I believe usually the number one reason anybody says they love Fort McMurray is the community. And so that's why I did this. I jumped in to, to continue to make the community strong and be able to advocate and fight for it. And so I'm really excited about doing that going forward. You know, Sapphire and Draper is a very special place um, of of rule and uh, both my wife and I come from farming backgrounds and we love that type of living and so we're excited to continue keeping it in that, in that direction. I love it. Hey Stu, best of luck moving forward and I look forward to, to chatting in the years to come. Best of luck. I appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks John. Once again, that was Stu Weigel, Ward 3, get to know your counselors. Just going to take our second break and we'll be right back. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics. On Mix 103.7, we're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics. On Mix 103.7. Good afternoon, it's Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters. And today, I am joined with Natalia Cordo-Hilliard, Communications and Development Lead with Girls Inc. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much, Sean. I really appreciate the time today. Absolutely. Uh, so first off, let's just um, cover Girls Inc. What do they do in the community? So Girls Inc. offers gender-specific programming, and our mission is to inspire all girls in the Wood Buffalo region and beyond to be strong, smart, and bold. What that means is we want to inspire healthy living, academic enrichment, and support, as well as life skills. And do you know um, a rough number or an exact number of how many uh, girls you're helping right now? Right now, I don't have that in front of me, but I can tell you in 2020, we had a total reach of 1,575 girls. Oh, that's incredible. That's always nice to hear. Yes. Uh, do you know, is it is it the goal for Girls Inc. to help more or is like less better or what's the goal mm-hmm. here? Yeah, we definitely want to continue to increase not only the number of girls that we're reaching, but the region that we're reaching. Currently, we are Fort Chippewan all the way south to Conklin as well, but we just want to increase our our view and people seeing us in those rural communities outside of the main urban service area as well, but increasing the number of girls is a goal as well. Okay, so like the all of RMWB basically is you want to reach everyone. Yes, exactly. Very cool. Now, I heard of a special event coming up in November. What can you tell us about it? What's it called? It is the Cash Calendar Raffle. So basically, we're doing a draw every weekday in November, starting November 1st. So that's 22 draws. All you have to do is buy a ticket. It's $20 each. That ticket will go into every single draw. If you win on the first, you could still win at the end of the month or mid-month because if you win we're calling you and then we're putting your ticket right back into the pot so it is our way of kind of giving back to the community but also you know reinvesting in our girls to be able to um purchase supports for our programs okay hold up so i give you 20 bucks and then i have a chance to win 22 times or just once and then again at the end of the month no you can win 22 times what so, and our prizes range from $50 to $550. What? <laughs> That's yeah, remarkable. I, I love the idea of, you know what, I won 50 bucks today, great, but I could still win 550 more. 
Yeah, sign up. So uh, can you only sign up once or can you sign up multiple times or what's the You can buy as many tickets as you want. If you want to purchase a whole book, which is 10 tickets, and then sell them to your friends, we love that. If you just want to buy one ticket, we love that as well. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I definitely like the sounds of this. And then so it just runs for all of November, you're saying? or Yes, yeah, so it, there's a draw every weekday throughout the month of November. Okay, weekday, November. Okay, writing this down. Thank you so much. And then uh, what does the proceeds go towards? You kind of mentioned that a little bit. We are reinvesting them into our girls, so we might be using it to supply or to buy supplies for our programs. Right now, we are doing virtual programming, so every participant is getting a kit delivered to their house with activity supplies. If we go back into person in person programming, we will still need those supplies in house. So a lot of it will go to just um, the supplies that we need for our programming, among many other things, as long as it goes towards our mission to inspire all the girls in the region to be strong, smart, and bold. Yeah, do you have any examples of like the type of things that are in those kits? Like, what are they all composed of? Um, when we did Girls at Bat in the summer, everyone got a foam ball, basically anything. Um, sometimes it's just paper activities. Sometimes it's crayons with a coloring sheet. Uh, we have an economic literacy one which, comes, which came with like a clipboard, uh, piggy bank. It really depends on the program, but it's, it's all, every item you get is aligned with an activity that we will do in the program. Oh, very cool. So just various uh, points of activities that they can get involved with here. Yes. And even if you can't participate in that Zoom meeting that week, um, you still have the activity to do. Okay. And then why do you think supporting Girls Inc. in this community is so important, not only to you, but for everyone? I think it's really important that girls have a a safe space in the sense where they can feel comfortable with their peers um, and they can learn in a in a gender-specific learning environment. So a girl-specific environment is important across the board under all three of our pillars, but a great example is for our strong pillar, which is physical activity and overall well-being. Um, girls in sport are more, they need more female role models, and they need a space where they can focus on connection. When it comes to sport specifically, girls participate very different than boys so it's just important to have those spaces where they can you know just hang out and again have that safe space where they can be themselves for example um, if a girl hasn't participated in an organized sport by the age of 10 there's only a 10 percent chance that she'll be a physically active adult oh wow that's pretty we want we want to create that space where they feel welcome and connected to play those sports and to get into stem and to learn self-defense, we want them to have that environment where they feel safe to do that. And do you have any like um, personal success stories within uh, the community of people achieving those things? I don't know if you're allowed to name names or anything, but just like success stories of people going through Girls Inc. and doing successful things? Um, we actually have two of our older girls in high school who just actually got um, added to the Girls Inc. National Teen Advocacy Council, which is huge because a lot of our affiliates are in the United States and they are the only two girls in Canada that will be on that national board. Wow. Okay. That's pretty incredible. So they started out like in their younger years, went through the program and are now at where they are? Yes. They still participate in our programs, but now they kind of, they have this leadership role where they're actually advocating for the girls in our community and taking those messages right up to our national affiliate. 
No kidding. That's incredible. Uh, Natalia, anything else that we haven't mentioned or covered here that you want to get out to everyone? Um, if you wanted to buy a ticket, we absolutely appreciate the support. One ticket, 10 tickets, you want to buy 20 tickets. We <laughs> love any purchase. Uh, you just have to call our office at 780-790-9236, or you can email us. It's admin at girlsincofnorthernalberta.org. You can even find us on social media and send us a message and we can work it out. Very cool. Thank you so much. And best of luck with the fundraiser starting up. What is it, November 1st? November 1st, just a couple weeks, less than a couple weeks. Perfect. Can't wait for it. I hope I win. I hope I win a lot, but I hope other people (laughs) win. Nonetheless, it's going towards a great cause. (laughs) Thanks, Sean. And that's all the time we have today for Fort McMurray Matters. Thank you so much for tuning in. This will be posted shortly online if you missed the first part of the episode or if you missed half of that conversation as well. No worries. It'll be online shortly. I'm Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters, and we'll talk to you later. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at mix1037fm.com. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.